This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds. Dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks. That's G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S, Janique Locks. Or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. Hey, what's good, people? So this episode of Eye to Eye is going to be a little special and not in no good way. And for that, we apologize in advance. See, apparently... Little Brother Muppet thought this was his perfect opportunity to create his debut mixtape. And uh, yeah, so, you know, you're going to hear a lot of, of falsettos in the background, maybe some runs. Uh, to be honest with you, um, he's a real talented dog. The problem is this was not the place to do it. Uh, so, you know, we understand that sometimes those things can be a hindrance. And so, again, we just wanted to go ahead and apologize. And, you know, when you do hear him, just uh, say a little prayer for my dog because my dog needs prayer. Lots and lots of prayer. Anyway, enjoy the latest episode. Thanks again for rocking with us and, and we hope that it blesses you. All right, let's go. That's how serious that we took the family ethic. That's what I'm gonna call it. The family mm-hmm. ethic in this, because that's exactly what they were to be treated like. That is what they are to us. And so that's how that works. You know, and so it's just one of those things now where they're just going back to your white folk wonder question. This is what I would pose and this is what I would posit. If you're in genuine relationship with people as we all need to be, why would that even matter? Yeah. Because when it down to it, I think that's our major problem as it is. People don't know how to metabolize other cultures properly enough to be able to break bread with them and get to this point where you can have a relationship with folk like that. Like in the case of Black Lives Mattering, I know that Bill and Kate, they may not understand it all fully, but they back and support us. Yeah, that's an interesting hypothetical talking about the funeral situation. And it just, it had it go through my brain briefly. You know, God forbid anything happened to you because I'd be broken. Uh, but I'd probably be sitting next to Michonne with my, you know, Cactus Jack 4s and bawling my eyes out and making sure I put the crep on them so that I didn't ruin the suede. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's, but that, that's when you know, right? Like that's when you know people matter to you. When you're able to be, when you're able to be your real self, when you're able to be vulnerable, uh, that's when you realize that you go from a friendship or an acquaintance into a relationship with somebody. Yeah. No, that's real, bro. I think that, I don't know, it, it, it speaks to 
Well, first of all, you know, a black man blushes. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Likewise, <laughs> um, don't go dying anytime soon. I, I, I think we're good there. That's the plan. Um, <laughs> Try to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. At, at all costs, please. Wash your hands, wear a mask. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> uh, see, we, yeah, we've been having these conversations way too long. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, you know, I think that's really what this kind of narrows down to. Um, even Little Bear agrees right now as he's whimpering. Yeah. Uh, so we got just all kind of guest spots. Oh, man, he's so sad. We're talking about this loss. He's so sad. It's all right, Little Bear. It's all right. He's just, you know, he, and he probably wants his mommy. This is the most organic episode we've ever done. That's for dang sure. <laughs> that's because meanwhile, my cats don't care. You know, they're just like, <laughs> like it's fine. Care, Ma- Mom's the one that feeds us. Mom's the one that changed the cat box. You don't do nothing. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I don't know. And in, in the grand scheme of things, this is the one thing that I think as we've had these conversations, yeah, we need to continue to 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 upsell, you know, the points of, of Black Lives Matter and, and and all those things. That is the iron that is hot and necessary to strike in, in the season. Um, but they, you know, they don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. But this is the question I would ask those people. Like, what do you really care more about? Do you care more about the stigma that's attached to the conversation that will make it so awkward? Or do you care about the person? Yeah. And if you care about the person and see, so that's the thing, this is the lost art of conversation. I think it's in direct connection with the lost art of relationship um, because people don't have real relationships. Again, shameless plug. Hopefully he'll come out here one day, but get Darius Daniels relational intelligence. If you haven't read it yet. Amen. But let it open you up to the world of the process of stewarding relationships properly. Because without stewarding relationships properly, number one, let's be real, Shane's not my quote-unquote sister. You know what I'm saying? But we don't put labels on it. That is my sister, period. Number two, two white people named Bill and Kate are not my cousins, and I do not see them as such. You are not my brother. You know what I'm saying? And and because I could just say, yo, this is my really, 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 really good friend. <laughs> right. How many reallys equal brother or cousin? <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and so, I mean, I think that's, that's, that's my whole thing to just kind of, kind of park it because I know I'm being mouthy on this episode, but. I mean, status quo. Not, I think I'm a little above the status quo. Just, just, just this episode. <laughs> just this episode. Keep, keep talking, boy. Keep talking. You've exceeded your word count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. But, um, no, I mean, I just, I, I really do feel like that is, I think it's not just an encouragement, but I think it is the challenge in the season. But nobody wants to see that because we're all busy, you know, and, and we will have that conversation. We will review and, and discuss the social dilemma where it's just, it is. It's, again, how, how many episodes can I do it? Environmental absolutism, dog. <laughs> I need to shut up. But no, seriously, that's, that's what it is. It's just people are not willing to come out of their own space. Sure. To be able to recognize a, what the real important thing is. Because yeah. if all you value is being right, well, that's perfectly fine. But you can tout that to zero people because mm-hmm. that's what you have after you've successfully battled and argued your point into oblivion. I mean, that's all I got to say about that. So, And I think even um, just piggybacking off of that, um, even even uh, those who have been, uh, and I say this with air quotes, oppressed or victimized, um, it's very easy to get into a victimized mentality and have that ride your responsibility to broadening the wider conversation. Um, I was actually, my husband has a podcast and I was listening to his podcast. Um, shouts to the locker room. Yes, shouts out to the locker room podcast. I, I sense a collab coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they 
having a, a conversation about uh, the oppression of black black women, black men. And um, one of the guests on the podcast had made a statement along the lines um, in defending women, basically saying, well, we go through X, Y, and Z. It's not that I don't care what you're going through, but basically what about me? It's like, well, how do we ever move forward (laughs) into having a mutual understanding if it's always going to be the conversation of, well, I went through this, or I went through this, or I went through this, or I experienced this versus like, wow. I understand, you know, I understand that we're both hurting. So how do we move forward yeah. to gaining that understanding and really just, un, you know, really just understanding each other on a level where we can have mutual respect. I'm not going to understand everything in the eyes of a black man or a white guy or a white woman <laughs> or right. any other, you know, race or ethnicity. Um, but that doesn't absolve me from my responsibility to try to be empathetic to whatever their experiences are. We all have implicit bias. That's, I mean, we don't like to talk about it, but that's just the situation. Those who are marginalized, those who are marginalized, you know, like. Yeah, I, uh, I think about this with a, a family member of mine who um, we've had some challenges with in embracing some of the social change that uh, my wife and I are very passionate about. And um, let's just say uh, she's not there. You know, one of the thoughts I had was, is that your history or your experience is not marginalized or invalidated by somebody else's history or experience. Just because we're talking about what somebody else is going through doesn't diminish what you've overcome. Right. It's like in Jaws, right? The movie Jaws. and, And he's like, oh, this is when I got bit here. And the other guy's like, oh, this is when I got bit here and I had this many stitches. And oh, this is when a great white got me on the shoulder and I had this many. It's like, why are we so quick to measure pain against pain? Like, why are we wearing the pain that we've suffered in our life as some achievement? You know, we should be, what our pain should be doing is giving us empathy for others going through the same pain. Yeah. You know, I think about this a lot when it comes to people who um, struggled financially. People who struggled financially and then became affluent in one form or another, they usually have two choices. You know, choice one is I'm not going to acknowledge anybody who's going through what I went through because I overcame it and you need to as well. And they wear it as this weird kind of like, if you want to be equal or worthy of me, You need to go through the exact same thing. You got to go uphill both ways. Or you become a philanthropist who basically looks at it and says, if only somebody would have reached a hand down to me, maybe I could have gotten to where I am today sooner. Maybe I could have had an opportunity to change things or be a better person or advance in whatever I'm, I'm trying to advance in sooner. And I I don't feel like there's a whole lot of gray area there in a lot of people that I've met who struggled with, you know, success early and then found it later. I feel like it's it's almost this 50-50 divide. And, you know, to me, my wife and I talk a lot that, you know, there's that that old thing, you know, blessed to be a blessing. Well, whatever. To be honest with you, I don't need to be blessed to be a blessing. I can be a blessing with what I have because equal sacrifice is important. 
And so I, I don't need to, you know, have $10 million before I can help somebody, <laughs> you know, but, but I, I can, I can certainly go without something in a comfortable lifestyle that I have in order to help somebody else. And I can do that even without having struggled before. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't we want to help people get somewhere faster? One of my favorite quotes is from John Adams. I've probably mentioned on this podcast before, but what he talks about, his father studied warfare so he could study politics, so his sons could study math and science so that their sons could study music and art. Wow. Every single generation wants the next generation to have things easier and to be able to pursue their passions, not be forced into fighting for equality, not be forced into, you know, basically trying to change the status quo. They want that next generation to have the opportunities to chase their wildest dreams. And I, I usually equate that with, you know, when my son was born, I didn't hold him in my arms and look at him and go, man, I hope you have it just as tough as I did. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> you know, when, whenever anybody right. holds their child in their arms, the first thought is, I want to give you everything. I want to give you every chance to succeed beyond whatever it is that I, I've achieved, you know? And right. I, I just wish that we had that feeling toward our fellow man and our, and yeah. our generations. Because too often, the older generations shame the younger ones without any self-awareness of the struggles that the current generation is going through, which is usually a product of the things that the generation that raised them spoiled. <laughs> That's, it. That's it. And part, part of me wonders if the reason why there is such a disparity with that comes to um, partially having an identity issue or, or it being rooted in fear and thinking that yeah okay, if I help somebody else, maybe either A, this will erase my place or erase what I've placed importance in, or right. B, I have put my identity in my possessions, what I've achieved versus just being secure in who I am as an individual. So if I help this next generation or if I help my common, you know, my fellow man or whoever, where does that leave me, you know? And, and that's what we're seeing right now with the fight for equality. Like yeah. there's there's a level of insecurity that's at play and there's a and there's a lack of humility that's at play. Right. You know, and and the fact is is that you cannot be pro equality and yet think you you yourself don't have to give anything. Cuz equality means is that the people who are on the the one side of affluence have to give to the people who aren't. So there's going to be a cost. So you can't be on that side and think it's not going to cost something. You can't be pro-equality and simply ignore the fact that it might cost. But isn't that socialism? It is, except uh, I was reading Corinthians and apparently Paul is a socialist because it talks explicitly, explicitly about those who gathered more will give to those who gathered less so that when those who gathered less have more, they will in turn do the same. And what's interesting to me about that is he's, he uses the word gather, which we know is an active word. That means that they actually worked at it. So it's not just, it's not an inheritance. It's not a lottery. It's not this money showed up. It's that you worked to get what you have. And the call is still to give out of the comfort and excess that you have, not so that you'll be uncomfortable, but so that those in your community who are currently suffering will have an ability to come closer to where you are. 
Yeah, I was kind of playing. Uh, but I know. We know that that's sarcasm. And again, except uh, a lot of people don't. Yeah, that's a petty one for me. Well, no, I mean, I, I I get that. Well, you know, that's that is the uh, that is the awkward conversation that is to be had in this. And I think that you know, you guys kind of addressed that pretty well. Um, but I will say that you know, I, I've seen a lot of different passages in the Bible, uh, and the one thing I can say about passages in the Bible concerning uh, people and 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 wealth and status or or things of that nature that you know carry heavy emphasis in today's society is that uh, just like you said, and when, when you look in first Corinthians or when I look in acts uh, chapter two, verse 44 specifically, yep. um, or if I look in acts chapter four and you know, the, the main frame of the argument in community is that everybody came together and they shared what they had and they had everything in common. Yep. You know, this, it gets a little awkward. Um, and not just that, but to to see what the the predicated event that happens because of these things is, is that they added to their number daily, you know, and I'm just going to go ahead and tease it and, and leave it there because there are other things that I see in our word that lets me know that even if I were to make the, the bold and brash statement, I think that capitalism is definitely in the Bible and that there's technically nothing wrong with it as long as it's in check with generosity. You know, these are the things, these are the conversations folks don't want to have because they have such a fear. Um, and I'll park it at this, that if they had to come off of their quote unquote uh, wealth, then they had to come off of all of it. And that's not how this works. So what we can do is we can really take the time to, to sit and, 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 and really break this down <laughs> Because I think people don't unpack it. You know, we've had this conversation already. We talk yeah. about how people don't read the Bible. We talk about how they don't want to read the Bible. <laughs> uh, and that's okay. There's, 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 there's some grace for that. There's some. But when we begin to unpack what the Bible says and how the design of the Bible outside of not being argued or debated, but being obeyed is to develop the practical application of each and every one of our lives. Well, you're not going to practically apply what you're not reading. Right. I, I have a whole heap of grace for people who don't want to abide by the Bible, not reading it. But those of you that claim that you're Christians and want to abide by it and are not reading it. Yeah. There ain't much grace there. Yeah. That's, that was kind of the point that I was trying to <laughs> not completely get at. Well, I'll get at it because yeah. that's what I do. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that's why I really reserve my petty though, because I told you, it's just right now the body of Christ is, is, in a moment where we need to make sure that we are hundred percent authentic and yeah, no, we need to be hundred percent authentic all the time. Yeah. But in, in this moment where the body of Christ is really on display and it's on display in a wrong way. And it's really not even the body of Christ in my personal opinion. Um, it is the representation that is put out there uh, in, in the media, not even just in the media, but with individuals who have, agendas to push and I'll, I'll park that there mm -hmm. um you know we need to see a real jesus you know and i'm sorry like a real like some of the stuff that's being represented especially in this 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 quote-unquote uh school of thought or this ideology of you know you you pick yourself up by your own bootstraps <laughs> and it's just you for you and yeah the heck do you see that in the bible like somebody no. please send me an email and, and let me know you don't. Uh, we we need an OG Zus. 
That's what we need. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, we didn't go on too far in this. And I was going to say, it made for the perfect segue, though, of the most controversial generosity that's out there. And we still need to talk about Shane's awesome stuff as well. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's touch on Bloomberg for like 2.3 seconds. Okay. Yeah. There was a, an interesting story, uh, that came out recently where Michael Bloomberg, uh, former mayor of New York, uh, billionaire and, uh, previous presidential candidate had in Florida paid off the fines related to felons which would keep them from being able to vote. Because if you don't know, Florida has a very strange rule, which is basically enforced to purposely suppress voters, that if you were a felon, you served your time, well, suddenly you have some fines tacked on as well, which might be very difficult to pay off because as a felon, it's very difficult to get a job. Uh, And as long as those fines are outstanding, guess what? You don't get to vote. So Bloomberg took it upon himself and his billions of dollars to go ahead and pay off these fines so that these 32,000 individuals uh, will have the ability to vote in the upcoming election. And if anybody hasn't seen this, it's one of my favorite things to look at because it's hilarious. It's called uh, Self-Awarewolves on Reddit, uh, where basically it takes (laughs) these arguments and kind of highlights the fact that someone's so close to understanding and yet they are so far away from implementing. And one of the comments that I saw about Bloomberg doing this is someone said, well, this just seems like it's, uh, you know, purposely uh, being used to buy votes for the Democrats. Maybe Republicans should be doing this too. (laughs) And my first thought was, you're right. Maybe Republicans should be paying off the fines related to felons in Florida. Uh, I'll hold my breath. <laughs> well, outside of the fact that it's already been done, the, <laughs> the the irony in all of this, in certain instances, anyway, I can't say exactly how many, obviously, and, and really don't want to speak to it. Is um, I was watching a, a TV show the other night, and one of the people whose fines had been paid off was was interviewed, um, and. They were saying point blank they were still voting for Trump, so it's not like this, right? You know that there's it's not a, a a set of terms and conditions on that. So right. let's, let's not even have that conversation. No, because to me it's simply the right thing to do. It's the American thing to do, you know. And and beyond American, it it's also the Christian thing to do in a lot of ways. Like restore somebody's ability to fully fulfill their rights as a citizen. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll meet you there. Because for a second, I was like, I don't, I don't know about American. America's showing us a completely different set of things to do. But I mean, no, not not if you uh, read what's on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> but but then again, we're building up walls and stuff. We don't want the tired or the hungry or the poor or whatever. Like we don't want them. So. Let's park it. Yep. Uh, I know okay. Sorry. Sorry. In. Sorry. So let's not even sorry. do it, brother. Let's not even do it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Um. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you though. I, I can see, I almost feel like this is a bit of a miracle. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I can understand how, that's why I said it's a, it's, it's a controversial story of generosity because I can understand how somebody could perceive this as them being able to quote unquote purchase votes. Yeah, you know, sure. let's be willing to boldly go. At the same time though, <laughs> you know. At the, the same, same time, that, that law should never exist. So it doesn't matter. Like, 
Look, a lot of laws should have never existed. You know, there, true. Were, there were laws that created the Holocaust. There were laws that created, you know, do we need to talk about Jim Crow? We do you not need to talk about legalities right now. Um, but no, I mean, uh, it, what, I think what I was was trying to get at there was just, you know, there's a, uh, what was the, God, doggy, you made me forget my example. Um, oh, no, uh, last year's uh, graduation of Morehouse College, the, the person who gave the keynote also paid off all of the student debt. Right. Uh, for for everybody who graduated. And, you know, it was it was an amazing, amazing day. But I, I remember hearing or reading a story about that individual that was not very, very savory. And I think it was somewhat in relation to the fact that he was paying off the debt for those people in Morehouse. So, yeah, there's probably always an agenda. But, I mean, we had that conversation a long time ago. It was in Philippians chapter one where, you know, some unsavory people might be preaching Jesus, but Jesus is still being preached. So... To God be the glory. I think this is one of those situations. God can use anybody, and he will. Whether or not he calls and purposes you is a completely different story. But God can will use. (laughs) He'll certainly use you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, You'll get used, brother. You'll get used. Now, I mean, and and, and I think that's the the one thing that I kind of take away from this whole thing with Bloomberg. You know, I, I don't know anything about this man's faith. I don't know anything about... His, his real comeuppance, and and really, I don't know the heart behind why he decided to be this generous to all of these individuals. Uh, but I do know that I am really sick and tired of seeing folks be victims or succumb to uh, the process of mass incarceration. Yeah, uh, because chances are, a lot of those people, and remember specifically, this is individuals who committed nonviolent crimes mm. that are being addressed in this uh, in this law that was passed. Um, you know, a lot of them may very well have not even committed the crime <laughs> that they were incarcerated for. So, you know, if we're talking about that and, you know, I'm really big. My heart is all about mass incarceration. It's really all about restorative justice. It's all about restoration of rights and reentry. This is just the leg up that I would be praying for. Yeah. To be perfectly honest with you. Amen. Um, this is the thing that I would say is needed in every state. Um, I'm really trying to work with nonprofits right now to see if we can put together something for the city of Norfolk. And I would love to be able to do it for the entire 757. So, you know, this conversation is not lost on me. And for anybody who thinks that this is something that's outlandish, I need you to really (laughs) look inside your heart (laughs) and think again. Because if you just so happen to be convicted of a crime or, you know, some of these folks might have even been um, a byproduct of the mandatory minimum sentences set up by good old Billy and Hill. You know what I'm saying? Like there, there are a variety of nuances in this that that lead me to this one ultimate point. Regardless of whether it happened to them intentionally or not, or whether or not they deserved the justice that came to them or not, no one is beyond redemption. In the Bible, it is very clear that no one is beyond redemption. Right. The old redemption story that can be told for anybody, even the person that sat on the cross next to Jesus, who we know died shortly thereafter, you know, got to be with Jesus in paradise because of belief. His was faith. Pharaoh? Pharaoh was beyond redemption, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He hardened his heart. I mean, there are those who choose to be beyond, beyond redemption. Stop making this difficult, bro. Didn't you want me to speak up so I could finish this? I'm just trying to help. I was trying to give context. Come you know? on, bro. Really, man? See, this is what I'm talking about. <sighs> anyway, um, this is why you don't win them lotteries no more. All right, but um, <laughs> wait a second. I'm the proud owner of a Kaepernick jersey. Thank you very much. I know. Yeah, that that one. And okay, fine. 
How do I finish this? Yeah, don't sell nobody short. There you go. There it is. Because you yourself could be so short one day, and then what do you do when you find yourself in that situation? Amen. Brings it all back to ARB being 6'1". Because that's short, too. All back to the beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, Sissy, talk to us, homie. So, we brought you on here specifically for something. <laughs> yeah, the cost was an hour and 20 minutes of putting up with us. Hey, look, she came on to have conversation with us, man. It wasn't just about the plug, man. So I think that she's done that. Now, you know, God bless you for, for bearing with us too. Because <laughs> um, she certainly deserves the plug now. I know, exactly. Like you, you get a whole extra 45 minutes just for Devin. <laughs> um, <laughs> and make sure that you talk like all the way away from the mic, bro. Now, um, yeah, so you have started something and I had a chance to check it out and I thought it was really, really dope. And so I really wanted to try to help you out a little bit so you get the opportunity to share it with the world. So what is it that you have started? Well, thank you, brother. Um, so I started a, uh, <laughs> a blog site. I consider myself a part-time blogger. It's uh, called gettingmylife.org. Basically, mm. it was inspired from just real talk, I had came to a point in my adulthood where I loathed what adulthood had became for myself. Um, you know, you, you come up and you're like, you know, when I become an adult, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And, <laughs> you know, um, you're conditioned to believe that you follow, if you follow these steps. So you go to school, you go to college, um, you work hard. You get you a good job, you know, you get you a nice house, white picket fence, dog in the backyard. American dream. Kids. And like, there's there's this level of exponential growth um, that just happens. And when I graduated from college, I graduated from college in May. In June, I found out that my dad had stage four throat cancer. My dad died by September. Um, I was at a job that I hated. And I was like, this is not... Don't do that, Jordan. <laughs> They'll pick you up. <laughs> and this is the joy in our world, right? Um, and I mean, I just came to, I, I started just seeing a, a different, like, this was nothing. This was not in my adulthood contract. Like, no. I want a refund. Like, that. this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and, you know, think, you know, I'm, by blood, I'm an only child. Um, so I have a very um, close-knit, immediate family. So it was my mom, my dad, myself. My dad passed away in 2010. Um, then, you know, it was just me and my mom. And in 2012, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, God, because I felt like, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I followed the blueprint that I thought was correct. Like, mm -hmm. why are these things happening? And... I got married in November 2014, and my mom died January 2015. So um, I was 26. So, and anybody knows, you know, 26, I mean, you're technically grown. So, like, you know, you get tried as an adult if you do something crazy. Yeah, you can't even be on your parents' health plan anymore at 26. Listen, true, true. I mean, I was, I still had a full-time In theory, I was, I was adultish in that aspect. But, I mean, I was still living at home with my parents. So... I mean, as far as really understanding the concept of adulthood, I felt like that moment kind of thrusted me into all of what adulthood had. I no longer had the safety net, um, so to speak. And I just, I found myself being very um, discontent with my life, what I felt like it turned turned out to be and wishing that I had 
had people who, um, like we talked about earlier, would just have these transparent conversations to be like, hey, you know, there are parts of adulthood that's great. And there's also parts of adulthood (laughs) that make you appreciate having kindergarten naps, you know? Yes. I can relate to this because I'm always trying to be honest with people who are trying for kids or who haven't had kids or, or are pregnant now. I'm always like, listen, it is not what people tell you. It is not the greatest thing in the world. That kid isn't born and you're just like, oh, I love you so much. And then everything's just moonbeams. Like it is, it is just, it is exactly what marriage is. And I was told this in, in my pre-marriage counseling, right? With a wonderful couple that took us and counseled us through our church. And they said, marriage is a four letter word, work. And everybody thinks yeah. it's love. It's not, it's work. And having kids is harder work. <laughs> <laughs> That's wisdom though. Yeah. That's what those are I not know. conversations that I really grew up having. So right. I have found myself in my latter years um, really having conversations with Jordan's mom, honestly, and just saying like, hey, this is not what adulthood looked like to me. Um, how do I reconcile this? And that's really where getting my life was birthed from because I wanted to really shift my perspective from thinking like, oh, adulthood is terrible to like, hey, all right, let's just get real. Like, these are the things that are going to happen in adulthood, but what's the silver lining that you can take away from it, basically? So, yeah, so that's that's just my little piece right there. Nothing crazy, you know? Oh, man, that was great. I feel like reading right now. Oh, thanks. Well, you know, I drop another one um, on the first. Um, so my first uh, post was um, about nothing being wasted in your life, which has kind of become my life's mantra because I have experienced a lot in my relatively young years, even though I'm still in the process of seeing how all of the pieces of my life have connected together for a bigger purpose. I started, well, God started to just show me how I've little things that I've gone through in my life that have been perceived as negative or even been perceived as punishment were really preparations for later parts of my life that would help me to be more impactful and just learn how to steward my life in a better way to help those. So yeah, testimony is not punishment. Exactly. But it feels like it sometimes. It, oh, it sure does. <laughs> it, <feels like it. laughs> it sure does. What did I do? Like I asked for forgiveness. Like, why are we still here? I'm just grateful to actually have a platform to really be able to speak to people and just be able to talk about things that for most of us in our, I guess, millennial-ish generation and beyond, we really didn't have these transparent conversations. It was just kind of like, listen, you just take whatever mom and dad said and say, okay, and you just figure the rest of it out. So, yep. And where do we find this? Doc, on it. Let me ask my question first. Oh. We can ask where we can find this. <laughs> I like an old married couple. Jeepers creepers. It you is. Know, it sometimes. Is. Uh You should see people look at us on the street. Not only are we biracial, but we're same sex. It's really, really awkward. (laughs) I was going to follow that up with a voice, but I'm not going to do it just for that reason. You're not going to do your Darth Vader voice for me? Not the Darth Vader voice. I was going to do something a little different. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) um, but yeah, no. So I was just going to say, you just said that you know, nothing is wasted. And specifically, I, I wanted you to take just, you know, you can elevate a picture or you can do it even more than that. Unpack the first thing that he doesn't waste that you make note of, which is pain. God doesn't waste pain. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that every 
painful experience in our life is meant to develop us. Um, whether it's pain that was orchestrated as far as God allowing to happen for, well, I mean, I guess in any case, God will allow pain to happen for a bigger purpose, whether we put ourselves there or whether it was something that was out of our control, whether it was as a result of our dumb decision-making at the time, <laughs> or if it was a situation where it's like, oh man, oh, my, you know, my loved one is sick or, yeah. you know, I was doing well with this job. I thought I had my dream job and then I got let go of no fault of my own, but just, you know, things happen and just really um, understanding that that pain is meant to develop you. It's meant to propel you to whatever else God has for you. Even though I miss my parents dearly, there's not a day that I don't go thinking about them. I can see where that situation happening has forced me not to just grow up, but has really forced me to, and I don't even want to say build a platform because I don't want to make it sound like it's business minded, but just <laughs> really has opened up an opportunity for me to have a space to minister to people who don't really have those experiences. I mean, there are some people who are literally like their parents are living into their nineties and it's amazing. Yeah. And then there's, you know, people like me where it's like, you're not even hitting 30. <laughs> like, and you're just, it feels like you're just out here on a whim, but it's like, no, I mean, yes, it may feel that way, but there's also, there's also lessons that have to be learned. There's faith that has to be built. There's hope that's being established even in those painful moments. And it's just being able to not get stuck in the pain and just having the pain not be redirected into something else, you know? There's healing when your pain has a purpose. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm just excited. Um, I'm excited about the opportunity to just share my life. Um, I'm a very transparent person. So I'm all about sharing my mistakes. Like, hey, listen, I tried it. It didn't work. Like I fell on my tail. Don't be like me. <laughs> so I, I just love the opportunity to really be open with people and just really encourage people. I'm an encourager by nature. So um, I'm excited about it. Um, like I said, um, gettingmylife.org is where you can find it. Um, I'm actually dropping another blog on Thursday. Yes, October the 1st. I'll just give a brief synopsis um, talking about Abraham. And it just talks about how Abraham is known for being, you know, to some, he's like a friend of God to some. Oh, that's that guy who almost sacrificed his son. Um, <laughs> to some, he's like, oh, that was like the first, like, polygamist or Ooh. like affair so to speak <laughs> or all these all these different things oh this was the guy who was promised all these descendants etc cetera, etc cetera. um i love abraham because i think it's a great story of faith but the actual post talks about in genesis chapter 12 when abram at the time uh he had just listened to god about leaving his home and going to um, a place where God would show him and he ended up in Egypt in a famine. And it's like, how is this wealthy person? Um, he, Abram was known for having a lot of possessions. How did he find himself in a famine after following God? And then in particularly being in a place where he's going to Pharaoh and he's listening like Sarah, look boo, like they might kill me <laughs> if they know that you are my wife. So tell them that you're my sister so they don't kill me, get what they need. And just talking about a lot of times when we find ourselves being scared because we're in desperate positions. I mean, this is a somebody who was in a famine. So somebody who, I mean, they were searching for food. They needed, that was a part of their livelihood and how sometimes our desperation forces us to make bad decisions or make 
unsound decisions and just how we just really have to be settled um, with where we are and more importantly, be settled with what God says about us. Because despite all of that, God's word about Abram never changed. Mm, That's good. Let's check it out. The doors of the church are open. Is there one today? Jordan's so dramatic. He really is. I I see that hand. I see see that hand. (laughs) Glory to God. With every eye closed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Well, I mean, never mind. I'm not going to sing a hymn, too. (laughs) Take me to the water. You can't you can't sing the whole. You, you got to close your mouth in the middle of the word. Yeah, it was just that good though. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I know I'm looking forward to the next vlog for sure. Uh, and also, don't you have um, merch or something that people can can purchase as well? I do have merch. I'm so sad I didn't wear my shirt tonight, but I have a shirt that says "I don't waste pain." Sign God. So uh, the best way to see the merch it's on an Etsy page called Getting My Life. Um, you just Google that and you'll see that there. Or uh, I don't want to promote myself, but since we're already here, um, you can follow me on underscore nothing wasted. And it's uh, the link is in my bio. Yeah. And that's on Instagram. Yeah, no, you were going to promote yourself. It's it's mandatory. But yeah, no, Sissy, for real, just um, really love and honor the fact that you are continuing to take steps on faith and uh, watching and seeing what God is doing with you can't help but say that I'm I'm not surprised, uh, but I am excited for this next season and everything it's going to bring. Uh, folks, for real, it will bless your life. Um, I'm not biased again. I'm just right. Uh, please definitely check your stuff out. Follow her on Insta. Uh, scope the blog. Please be sure to share with folks. Um, the t-shirt is pretty freaking cool. They don't have, she ain't got none from men yet, but they're on the way apparently. That's what she told me. Hey, so, right. Sorry, guys. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Gotta get some like, he shirts in there. Looking, I was like, is this an XL men or women? Because I was about to be out here looking <laughs> real interesting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you again for coming on, though. And, you know, from time to time, we'll probably have her back on uh, to do certain segments, special segments and stuff with us. Uh, so I'm really excited for that as well. Uh, do we do do we have anything else? I mean, I, I already know this is definitely another two part of we are. We are definitely not keeping our original word, but it's worth nope. it. <laughs> nope. We are definitely not men of our word because we speak too many words. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. I got nothing to say to that. I'll take yep. blame. It was my fault. Nah. It was definitely not your fault. Yeah, not at all. Nope. Not, not a bit. Uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, uh, leave those five stars and some I'll just call it algorithm love. I think every time I keep saying algorithm sucks, like there's a lowercase algorithm God out there like, oh, I suck, huh? (laughs) That's true. You got to put that positive energy out there. Exactly. All about the positive energy, man. But yeah, and of course, as always, please don't forget to be inspired to inspire because that is what the inspired one does. Again, I am Jordan. I am Devin. You see, she laughed at that, right? Uh-huh. I know. That's what I was going for. Okay. You know me. I'm always going for the laugh. I am Devin. That's right. Okay, we're done. Yeah, just, you know, wash your hands, please. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Stay yep. safe out here. And moisturize your skin. Oh, right. moisturize. Black girl on today. Please moisturize. Okay. Don't be like black dudes in the winter. Um, yeah. 
I'd be looking like Devin in the winter sometimes. Just mm, real talk. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. You know, there's wildfires and with that comes ash. Fight the ashiness. That was good. I'm actually not mad at that, bro. <laughs> not mad at that at all. Yep. There you go. Good stuff. That's what we really need to shut this down. So once again, thank y'all once again, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we're going to holler at you next week once again. Take care. Be safe. Peace. you love us and want us to be successful as we do you thank you once again for rocking with us and remember be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does <laughs>